0: My name is Aggie and this is Biohacking Bestie. The one-stop shop for a modern queen where you can find biohacking courses, self-growth courses and where you can find the most incredible community of women so you can hit all of your biohacking goals and beyond. Okay, so welcome to Biohacking Bestie, but today I don't even get to say that because I'm... The guest on, of my own podcast. Of your own podcast. So you go.
1: Today we are, are interviewing... You? Aggie, my name is Jacob Riglin. I uh, am the fiancé of this lovely woman here. And today I get the pleasure of talking to you about Biohacking Like a Woman and interviewing the author of Biohacking Like a Woman, Aggie. So, here Yeah, we are. so the
0: book came out today. So by the time you're going to watch this, it's going to be two days old. So far we have sold 14,000, eight plus six,
1: 14,000 14,
0: copies on day one. It's beyond my wildest dreams. The so.
1: reviews. Let's have a quick moment of appreciation for some of the reviews that have already been shared of people yeah. who have dived into the book. Incredible.
0: I ugly cried yesterday just letting myself soak in the energy and the gratitude that I have received from you. And I kid you not, this is a very... Difficult process as it's a very much delayed gratification. You work for something every single day, hoping one day I'm going to release it. And there have been so many roadblocks. I think we can maybe start with that. And from your experience and from my experience. But holy shit, two months, two exactly 60 days ago, I was like, this book will never come out, right?
1: Yeah, there was uh... wireless death portal. (laughs) Let's go back 12 months ago, which was early into you even sharing on Instagram about your biohacking journey. You'd obviously been doing it for three or four years before that. The decision to write a book, what was the decision? Where did that even come from? I'd love to even start there and then get into the rest of it.
0: Well, obviously, I've been running these biohacking courses already. And there has been so much knowledge and so much support. I realized that most people maybe never get to do my course, right? A lot of people are not ready to invest that kind of money in themselves and educating. Like I was always, as you know, I always, like, love spending money on courses and and education, but most people aren't ready or can't afford, you know, a $200, $300 course. So I was like, what if I just simplify it? And instead of putting all of that information, maybe for someone who's very new to biohacking, I can send them to the book first. And that basically was the idea.
1: Yeah, and I think it's beautiful, again, doing something specifically for women, of course, right? A lot of the biohacking world is more male-dominated, and it's amazing to see that this book now is... An entry point for a lot of women.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that was the, you know, I hired a woman who was supposed to be an editor. So the way it works when you write a book, you have your editor as a writer, most people do. And the editor is that person that kind of reads what you have to say and just make makes sure that she understands what you're saying. A lot of times she might be like, mm, this isn't clear. I'm like, oh, I would move it. And so I had this woman We're not gonna mention her name because we I feel like I have to sue her, but basically she didn't do anything. She for six months was like, Oh, I can't do this, I can't do that and so we kept pushing the book. She said she promised me five weeks in March when I hired her.
1: And launch was tentatively gonna be like In May. Basically, yeah, before summer. (laughs)
0: because <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, summer body, that, um, let's aim for May. But May, she didn't do anything. Then it was June. Then it was just like, she's like, I need to work on it over holidays. We're going to launch in September. I'm like, okay, great. September, nothing. And so then... And at the
1: same time as this, so you're through this process, this Word document, where you're just, you know, pulling together all of this information, writing down your thoughts, your experiences, your stories, like all of this stuff is going in. And, you know, from... The way that it's structured, then someone takes that and is meant to take it and craft it into what the kind of narrative is, right?
0: Well, I had to do the whole thing. They're more just kind of like there are two kind of editors the first one helps you structure the sentences so they flow better and the second one just proofreads right so you still have to write the book yourself unless you hire a ghostwriter and so without falling into victim mentality i'm like oh poor me Da don't know everything is like divine and perfect the book was supposed to come out in november and then january was like for sure i was like fuck this i am not postponing this book anymore in january it is even though i really wanted for the book to come out in november because I've been t- talking about it for the longest time, and this woman still didn't do anything. It was November fifth. We had to submit the book by November fifteenth to Amazon and to all of these people, and she has not started on it. Every day was just like oh, I'll do it tomorrow, and she made it look like she does, and it was like such a difficult thing for me because I invest, I paid her in advance to do it quicker, but massive mistake. And I think I had to really just step into my power and say, fuck it, I'm going to lose all that money. But this book has to come out, but I didn't have a plan B. And so finally I was able to find Tiffany, who has been my second editor. Remember how I called her from here? And I said, listen, my book has to be ready in nine days. She's like, I need three months to help with the book. 300 pages. She's like, I hope it's a short book. I'm like, no, it's 350 pages. She's like, Okay. And so we ended up going on the, tr- on the job to Hong Kong and Bali. So imagine ma- crazy time zone difference. On a job, traveling, moving this and that. So I would wake up at four AM and like quickly approve the changes. So she would like, Aggie, I suggest this, Aggie I suggest that, and I would have to either accept the change or not accept the change, or just listen to her feedback, because she would like, Hey, it sounds a little bit like X, Y, and Z, is that correct? And I said, Yeah, actually that's what I'm trying to say. But what was really great about Tiffany was that she basically kinda of like got my jokes. Because a lot of times I would like write a joke and the other woman would like change it and the book was very stiff and boring. And I was like, oh my God, I hate that book. What is she doing? And Tiffany was the one that was kind of just like saw me and she was like, let's have fun. And so I am forever grateful for Tiffany for editing the whole book in nine days. Then it was proofread by Mary. Mary was also amazing. And then here it is, two months later, self-published. Cool Anyways, that was a very long story, but just want you to know that there was so much behind the scenes that I didn't get to share. I wasn't, I haven't processed the trauma of what happened, but yeah, that's exactly what happened.
1: Okay. So now we've had the backstory. Yes. We know how we got here with this book in front of us right now. People are starting to read it. We should dive in and talk about a little bit about the book. Yeah, right? let's do it. I that's why we're here. People want to know. So one of the first things that I want to talk about is looking into different things that women need to do in comparison to men in order to build the body they want to and optimize their health. So we've got a few different things that I'm going to ask you um, and you mm-hmm. can give a little explanation and yes. we'll go from there. OK, Sounds good. that's good. All, all right. right. So number one, intermittent fasting. Why does intermittent fasting not work the same for women as it does for men? And why do they need to do it differently?
0: Great question. So first of all, there is a lot of like misconception about intermittent fasting. First, it was the big craze. It's great. And so everyone did it to the extreme. Then there was another wave of people saying, no, it's actually not good for women. Women shouldn't fast. Da, 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 the, all the research has been done on men. And that was like half true because yes, we should not fast like men. You know, we need to fast according to our cycle. If we fast closer to our menstruation, we might lose our cycle because progesterone, basically you have two main hormones, estrogen and progesterone. And in the book, just to make it easier to remember, estrogen is like a lot like me. Outgoing, skydiver, super social, butterfly likes pushing and challenge and, you know, thrive through challenge, so to say. And there's progesterone, who's a lot like my sister, who's more of like a homebody. Uh, she thrives through nourishment and relaxation and relaxing the nervous system and definitely not pushing herself on, a, uh, on the treadmill or through fasting or cold plunging. So if you are, if your progesterone is speaking because you're about to get your period and you're gonna start fasting, your progesterone is like, oh, I don't feel supported. It's gonna disappear. You're gonna lose your period and be infertile or have a very irregular period. So the biggest thing about fasting is actually to see, okay, what studies have been done on women and the ones that have been. We can actually fast. Fasting is amazing, especially if you're, if you're still menstruating 100%. If you are past your menstruation, even more so, like if you're perimenopause, you know, even better, but just you need to fast like a, like a woman.
1: <laughs> Perfect. Thank you and following up from that what does that look like for a woman do we have like a schedule that you can kind of like talk through for a woman in intimate yeah, and yeah so casting? in the
0: book it's very very specific so i talk, walk you through four different stages of our cycle and tell you which part of the cycle is good for you and it's not so i think one of the biggest thing about this book is that it's kind of like a reference book that you can go back to and see like okay phase three this is what's happening you know there's a little mantra this is how it feels in my body you know etc etc so you actually know one it's by one for
1: each part of the cycle. you basically repeat the stages depending on where you're at here's the mantra for the week here is you know the, what the yeah, so fasting talk- you should be doing the diet and so
0: yeah forth. so for phase three i first explain biology of what ha- is happening in your body then the energy in your body and like whether it's high energy low energy yin or yang then the diet then the fasting then the exercise then the lifestyle then the sex Ooh. And then the cervical fluid. But even for the sex... So we had sex not too long ago. Like three days ago. And I was right before my period. And I definitely felt like the penetration... Because my cervix is much lower. So it would require... Like it rec- it can be painful. Because your cervix is lower. And if your man happens to be uh, very blessed by nature. It's even more painful. Plus size. <laughs> Plus size. Exactly. So... A lot of women don't realize, I was like, oh, sex is painful. i like, why don't you try sex during ovulation when your cervix is higher and you're just naturally more wet because of the hormones? So all of that is explained in the book. And then you don't feel like you're broken and you don't feel like, what is wrong with me? You know, when I felt like, oh, I feel like you're touching my cervix, but from a place of like, oh, I know it's, I'm the day before my period. So this is completely normal. So, yeah. And there's a little mantra so, for example, for phase three is I embrace my sexuality and celebrate the power of my pussy. Oh, explicit language! We should put a warning <laughs> right there. Yeah. And I actually explain in the book why I use the word pussy, and I don't even whatever. I things, remember?
1: But because the book it should be celebrated.
0: <laughs> no. Well, you love the. Um... Oh,
1: pussy reclamation. Yeah. Very good book. Yeah. Highly so recommended, lads.
0: I, even, I loved it and I was like, baby, you need to listen to this book. And you did it and you're like, holy shit, I have such a deep appreciation. appreciation for,
1: for pussy. <laughs> no, for women and the power that comes from their pussy. Yeah. That's what I meant. <laughs> um, all right. So you, were, you mentioned for a second exercise, just yeah. briefly as you're going through those. Why are women more sensitive to the intensity of workouts? And what is the best? Why is it important that they don't follow the same plan as men would follow?
0: Again, we're biologically designed to make the species survive. So we're way more in tune with, with how safe we feel. Like if we don't feel safe, the message is it's not safe to have babies. So our bio- period is our, our fifth vital sign. And so when we don't feel safe, we lose our period, right? So that's a great indication of how good your diet is or workout plan there's so many fitness experts. They're like, well, I haven't had my period in 10 years, but I look hot. And I'm like, well, great, but you're not healthy. So I would choose healthy over hot any minute. Right. So that's like the biggest, I guess, thing that I have realized that it's like, this is how we know how healthy and thriving you are, how healthy your period is, not how fuckable you look in a way. Well, we used a lot of dirty words today. But
1: I, dirty podcast. I
0: mean no makeup, I'm in my sweatpants, I haven't washed my hair in 5 days. We're like deep into the book promo, so you know, no filter, good. no filter.
1: Okay, so so a little bit more on that. Is there an ideal workout plan for a woman who wants to lose weight and get fit?
0: 100% just work out according to your cycle. So right at the so from day seven to day 21, you know, you have the two weeks that if you push yourself at the gym, you will see incredible results. It's going to be much easier for you to build muscle. You will see like enormous difference in your weight loss and muscle building. And then before your period, it's it's a way for you to Recover and biohacking is all about recovery. I think if it was like one word in fitness is discipline. I'd say what would be like the main word. Discipline. Yeah, yeah. discipline. And biohacking is recovery. We we realized how important recovery is. So yeah, I hope this helps.
1: And of course, one of the most important piece of this is nutrition, eating. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Again, I'm sure there are some important reasons why women need to approach this differently to men. Can we talk about some of those and then also give some examples of how women should eat to optimize their body and their health?
0: There's a whole chapter eating in the real world where, you know, a lot of books like a focus on exactly specific, you know, have kimchi and a beetroot on face two and this and that. And I thought it was like, there's too much detail. And I think you can support the hormones through your diet, but more importantly is focusing on your macros. On each phase. So instead of, you know, just, yes, you will eat more carbs closer to your, before your period. Once you're on your period, like I, I'm past, you know, a couple of days. So I'm going I'm going keto, right? Like I'm not doing any carbs. It's like a big change, right? From eating way more carbs to going keto, which is like no carbs, high fat. So I am cycling different different diet, right? It's, uh, but overall, there is a whole chapter on eating of how to eat healthy and how to eat like a biohacker which is how we can like we eat right now and that would involve you know the chapter is called eating in the real world so i tell you what is like ideal scenario for biohacking but then i'm like okay but also here is like the most important you need to slow cook right like we try not to like over fry things or deep fried but like going slower like sous vide it's preferable we eat seasonal, we eat local as much as we can. And yeah, we just adjust our diet and eat breastfed.
1: Well, also, I think it's important to know, obviously, this book, like you said, it's not going into like super, super fine detail that ultimately makes someone probably quite confused or feel like they're always failing, right? Mm-hmm. You mentioned about having particular food for this bit and this bit and this bit. It's like you do that, suddenly you miss it and then you're like, oh, I'm failing at what I'm doing. Whereas this gives you that overarching understanding of what to do and then you can implement it how you like.
0: Yeah, and I think one of the things that I'm most proud of is realizing that you know I came up with all of these rules of biohacking and I realized wow rules make me super stressed and I'm sure I'm not the only one so I decided to call them preferences not rules so this is how I have been living my life for the last year and a half so I no longer have rules and it's funny but when we meet with people that have rules about eating it's stressful and it's not fun to go out with them right
1: <laughs> i know what you mean yeah i think it's just you know preferences we could if you have a food preference it's like okay cool like yeah
0: but like no big deal and I, I feel like when whenever i go out with a girlfriend that is like oh this is unhealthy i'm just gonna you know like i don't know eat at home before and not eat with everyone and just kind of sit there it's just like what energy yeah and then you like cool like but it's you as a person who's like, okay, like your body should be able to handle an unhealthy meal every now and then. It's actually recommended because you can push your metabolism a little bit.
1: Trick your body as well a little bit, right? Well,
0: you just want to like, you know, challenge it a little bit, right? So it's not about eating always incredibly healthy. And if those people actually did it from a place of like, yeah, whatever. But all the women that I know that are on a diet, like they just feel so stressed at restaurants and it's just like that whole energy. It's like, ooh, like I don't want to go there. I, I still get triggered because I know I've been there when it's just this big pressure to get everything right and, and fearing food and fearing carbs and fearing like whatever that makes everyone around you I mean, you can relate to that as well, right? Like as a man, it's just like, it's not fun to be around a woman like that. And I think men are not attracted to- And that's also
1: like, that's that's the information they have at their disposal, right? It's following a lot of mainstream things. They have to cut out this, cut out that, be scared of this, do this. Well, and... we
0: live like in our heads with all of these rules that we're just yeah. constantly feeling stressed. Oh my God, but that rule says this and that rule says that. So I cannot exactly. be doing X, Y, and Z. But at the end of the day, men are attracted to vitality and energy and flow and ease, right? And here we are thinking that if we put if we look a certain way we're going to be attractive to men and so we go out with friends and family and we bring those set of rules and that stress ball that we are and we're surprised that you know we're not being attractive or like in the it's the irony of in the efforts to be more attractive and to look good we actually come across as not attractive and we don't feel good because we're so stressed about how we eat and what we should be eating etc etc where at the end of the day the most attractive thing in the world is to love yourself so much that you just like you don't care yeah you don't care <laughs> and you also way. trust your body and you know that your body is capable of handling a tablespoon of sugar and you can absolutely you know
1: you can enjoy it and you can indulge when you want to but you have all the tools in place yeah. and the preferences
0: yeah. everything else. So, yeah, so preferences give you that freedom, that, like, idea that you don't need to be stressed all the time. Like, you can just let go. There so. Go.
1: All right, so I have another thing for you. All okay. right. A bunch of 10 different mistakes women make when trying to get fit or lose weight. And I want you to explain why
0: uh, definitely, these different things. Yeah, just following rules. No, oh, I have
1: 10. Oh, okay, good. Cool.
0: Okay, okay, sure. <laughs> Ready.
1: <laughs> all right, so number one, and you can explain why they don't work. They think the key to weight loss is eating less and working out more.
0: Oh, God, that's that's a that's a book in itself, you know. Uh, <laughs> Brief in th-
1: summary and then tell people to go buy the book.
0: Yeah, so <laughs> go buy the book. But I explained that it's like, um, this idea that when you eat less, there's this idea that your body burns a thousand calories by being alive and that if you work out and burn 500 calories, but only eat 4- 1,400, then you're going to lose weight because you're in calorie deficit. But what people fail to understand is that your body is smart and will adjust. So that baseline that was 1,000 calories a month ago, it's going to be 900 this month. And so you'll be eating less and less and less and le- until you can't eat any less. So you'll, you'll start working out less or you start breaking down muscle and you'll be forever... Struggling with energy, you're gonna to get to the point where you're gonna get as skinny as possible. You're gonna love it for a day or two, and then you're gonna have built such an incredibly unhealthy relationship with food. You're gonna have something called pre-feeding syndrome, which will just like overeat on the next meal, on the next opportunity, or whatnot. You're gonna screw up your hormones, and when you think hormones, I'm not talking about the ovaries. I'm talking about ghrelin and leptin the full horm- uh, the hunger hormone and the full hormone in that order. So what, do you have a hormone that tells you, hey, you're full and hey, you're hungry. If you get those hormones screwed up and gosh, I've been there, it sucks. It makes you feel like, oh my God, I don't know if I'm full. You eat and you just kind of like still open the fridge and you don't feel like, right. sometimes we still have that on the plane when we eat and we're just like, I'm neither full nor hungry. Like, yeah. it's just this, it's Perpetual very confusing. Middle state. <laughs> yeah. And so I just keep eating. And actually, I used to say all the time, I could just keep on eating. Like, I don't know when to stop. It's because of the hormones that get screwed up when you under eat and all the time. So why don't we move, eat more, move more kind of a thing and just feel great and never feel like you're hungry.
1: There we go. So another mistake is that people follow fad diets that they can't stick to long
0: term. Yes. Well that's the thing. If I have a big issue with like pushing yourself and yes, challenges are great and I think if there's a challenge that makes you eliminate something for God knows how long, you will implement it back together and you most likely will come back like a boomerang. So even with our fittest fuck challenge, you know, my, my my number one biohacking course, you think it's like this big thing and da da da, da but actually Every change that you put in this biohacking challenge, you get to do forever. And it's not difficult because we're not making these... You're not
1: challenging yourself like a man would to do. You have to do 200 push-ups every morning. And then you actually realize it's detrimental after a while because it's actually damaging
0: your your muscles.
1: Whereas you're doing things that are things that you can do for the rest of your life.
0: Exactly. And so I think... And (laughs) it just gets so much easier. And there's no removing anything like it's not like a, like a hardcore rule. I don't really live by any hardcore rules. And that's
1: what a lot of those diets are. It's like these diets are pretty crazy intense and they're not really often even designed properly in order to, you know, yeah. be mindful of your hormones yeah. and whatnot. Um, all right, number three, they do endless hours of cardio or only high-intensity workouts.
0: Mm. If I had to pick never to do cardio again, yes, it's great for your heart, but I would choose weights over cardio, but like heavy weights. And I think this, again, a lot of fitness experts are like, see them and I'm like, they do body weight. That's not enough. It really isn't enough. And you're, unless, fuck, if you have so much time in life to spend two hours working out, which A, sounds miserable and B, not going to give you as good results, you really need to Go get weights. You don't have to go to the gym, but you really need to have weights that actually push your muscle. You will live longer. Muscle will help you stay skinnier because muscle is metabolically active. It helps you burn glucose through glucose. You know, with glucose management, burn through insulin. So, build muscle. And people always think like, oh, I don't want to be Arnold. Arnold, which was me. But honestly, skeletal muscles like you can't really tell just gives you this beautiful tone physique. So that would be again and I would
1: say also just like doing endless hours of cardio, that just ends up having a detrimental effect. Yeah. It's like ten thousand steps or twenty thousand steps. Like when you get to that point you're actually having a plateau, yeah. right? And it's not as good. And then the same for high intensity workouts, you do them too often without the proper recovery, it's like again, damaging.
0: Especially for women. So I would yeah. say no
1: <laughs> There we go. You heard it here first. Thank you for coming. And back to the studio. Number four, they buy all the fancy weight loss tools without first mastering the basics.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think we're just like, we're so desperate that we feel like the more we do, the faster, the better. But why wouldn't you just do something that's fun and not painful? And if, you, if your health hasn't been your priority, I get it. But it's winter. You have a lot of time to get, you know, your summer body now. And just work with your biology, not against it.
1: I would say that follows into number five, the mistake that people overwhelm themselves with all these different things they need to do rather than focusing on what's actually important.
0: Yeah, I think the amount of misinformation really pains me when I see, oh, like that's exactly how I feel. When I see like fitness experts, 7 million followers and starting with smoothies with sugar for breakfast, and sure, they look hot. They have amazing genetics. I feel like no matter what they would eat, they would look still good. look. They look good. That's the danger of it, though, yeah.
1: right? Because it's like they're promoting something that's actually not what they're eating or what's going into them, but it's kind of their genetics, which is people then get the wrong idea and what they think is important is having a smoothie bowl every morning. It's which to is change. a
0: little bit like you, right? Like if you were mm. promoting weight loss, it would be super easy for you because it's you struggle with weight gain, yeah. right? So you could be creating these diets and. And
1: using me as an example of, hey, look how slim you can be, but it's not because I'm, yeah, doing these diets. I'm just naturally slimmer.
0: Yeah, that you're super always slender. For me, I'm naturally, you know, when I check my DNA test, I have obesity running through uh, my in my family, and I I do get my my default is bigger, right? So I know that if I can get fat without actually putting a lot of effort, that's like that's amazing. So. Biohacking is for people that they have tried other things and it didn't work for them, but also for people that are naturally skinny like you, and they often don't get the, the aftermath of unhealthy diet as quickly as others. And uh, it can catch up on them with, through infertility or other challenges.
1: I agree. Another one, number six. They think that losing weight and redefining their body composition are the same things.
0: The, yeah, it's not. Losing
1: weight, defining body composition.
0: Yeah, we often say we want to lose weight, but at the end of the day, we want to deflate our fat cells.
1: And then the other flip side of that is actually wanting to look toned. Losing yeah. weight and looking toned are two very different things as well. Yeah,
0: and again, we think of tone as as, you know, like a gym bubble butt shape, but it's not being toned you can be still very slender and feminine whatever your idea of perfect is and have a strong skeletal muscles that will prevent you from aging so that's like building muscles one of the best anti-aging tools ever
1: okay you heard it here first
0: no Leon, but yes
1: (laughs) i heard it here first and she heard it from the expert yeah (laughs) so we have another one here women don't work in harmony with their body's natural rhythms
0: no, because we are never taught in fifth grade how to live according to our cycle, you know, that we're lunar and that we, we're, uh, and you guys are more like the sun and we're more like the moon. And so we never learn that. And if we don't learn that, we most likely work against it.
1: So you never know. And I think one of the core principles, obviously, in this book is the importance of living according to your cycle. Yeah. All right. One more here. Women don't sync their nutrition and fitness with, oh, with their monthly cycle. They don't, again, because you're not taught it and you don't know it. You don't know the importance of it. That's why you
0: buy the book. Yep.
1: (laughs) Uh, My final one for you. Yes. Women only focus on nutrition and fitness without realizing those aren't the two piece, only two pieces of the puzzle.
0: Yes. And so this is just the very tip of an iceberg. And diet is not only what you eat, it's what you put on your skin, it's what you listen to. How well you sleep, the environment that you're in, how you work out. So I think that's like a biggest one that, you know, re- even removing things would actually make a big difference as well. So,
1: and I think. The most important guide you can take beyond <laughs> beyond nutrition and fitness is, of course, the information here, right?
0: Yes, please. I think this. I'm re-
1: the one plugging it for her because you guys need to read this.
0: And honestly, like that is, well, yeah, Let's talk about the AI. Actually, I had I don't know a book that came with an AI before. And um, let's give
1: an insight into what that AI is. It's essentially you. Yeah. With all the information from the book and some more. Yeah. To be able to answer questions based on the book. But people's personalized questions—that they have questions that aren't in the book.
0: Yeah, exactly. So if you read the book and you're just like, "Oh my god, but what did she say about the anti-nutrients? What were what those what, what again?" Hey Aggie, yeah. can you
1: tell me more about anti-nutrients and how they play a role in my health?
0: One hundred percent.
1: Answer. Now, come on, that's pretty insane.
0: Yeah. So I think
1: I don't even need to speak to her on a day-to-day basis now just to get. Go- <laughs> Yeah.
0: And honestly, (laughs) the book has been endorsed by so many incredible people. Dave Asprey, Jim Quick, Ricky Lake, Dr. Amen, you know, Emily Fletcher, Sean Wells. So all
1: masters in their respective fields, absolutely crushing and see this book as such a game changer.
0: Yeah. So I feel forever grateful for you if you Check out by Hakka and Woman and leave a review because these are even more important on Amazon just so we can let the book uh, get discovered by other women who need to get it
1: to the people that need it.
0: Yes, thank you so much. Thank you, baby. Oh, I know you're gonna high by me.
1: <laughs> and a high five.
0: And a high five. All right, thank you for watching. <laughs> Bye. And before we wrap up, I want to talk to you about open, you know, big part of what I write about in the book is... Lowering your cortisol and managing stress. And I also mentioned a lot about breath work. In fact, a brief five-minute breath work outperform meditation for improving mood and autonomic nervous system, according to Andrew Huberman. That's right. So all you need it's just five minutes to completely change the state of your mind and no meditation needed if that's something that you struggle to do. I, for example, right now, meditation is not on the cards for me. So that's why I love using the open app each morning before I go anything else I use to open up for a simple five minute breathwork practice by doing this first thing I'm able to set the tone for the day ahead and tackle it with mental clarity and I need to be my best self so if you're ready to regain control of your operating system to unlock deeper sleep better focus less stress natural energy overall vibrancy then you do need to try out the open app all you have to do is commit to a five minute a day to transform your life if you want to get on my daily routine, you can get 30 days free with Open by visiting withopen.com at biohackingbestie. Again, it's 30 days free by visiting withopen.com forward slash Biohacking Bestie. Love you so much.